So we have about a billion people now on Facebook, most everybody in our country, and uh, obviously if you got a billion, you got, uh, what, a fifth or a sixth, I guess, uh, of the planet uh, now he at least has access to it. And uh, so there's a new wrinkle uh, in our society over the last two decades, uh, this matter of being able to communicate with so many people uh, all at, at one moment. And um, never has uh, humans been able to connect. We are hyper-connected now, not just with this platform, but other forms of social media. What would cost you billions of dollars just, just a few short years ago to broadcast on television, uh, maybe, and even on radio. Uh, now we can do for free, primarily, other than your uh, Wi-Fi uh, price uh, that it costs you. But uh, we are in a super-connected, hyper-connected world. And yet, uh, for whatever reason, and I'm not a a social psychologist or anything like that, so I don't have all the... uh, I just observe. uh, We are in a super-sensitive world around us. Uh, Hyper-sensitive, I should say, to where... It just seems like, and it may just be a sort of manipulation of the, of the uh, you know, the, the powers that be want us to think that maybe it's not as bad as it is. But if you're just a casual observer of the news or of media and, and on these uh, social platforms, it just seems like there is a sensitivity uh, to where we are offended uh, by so many things now. Some maybe we should be offended by, but nonetheless, uh, offended nonetheless. And not just offended, but we take it uh, to a point to where it just has us, I feel anyway. Uh, there's such an angst uh, with, uh, with folks. And again, I don't know all of where it comes from. I think uh, to some level it's just the fact of, you know, we, we're a 24-hour news media. You, you know, every... every uh, 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 floating opinion that comes through somebody's mind, you can put it out there in an instant uh, for, the, uh, for the whole world to see. I would like to say this. I am so grateful that there was not a Facebook when I was in my 20s. Uh, I, and I mean that with all my heart. That I would be having to go back and, and delete so many posts uh, right now. I would be embarrassed for you to say, I just thank God I, uh, that that that, that uh, that avenue was not available to me in, in those uh, sort of formative years. But nonetheless, here we are. And again, not for sure exactly why. I, it seems like uh, our universities and the more prestigious the university it goes, they're, they're not uh, teaching critical thinking. There's no, and I'm, in, I'm, I'm for debate, uh, discussion, dissent, protest even. Our country was uh, built upon that. But we don't we have no grace for one another when it comes to a difference or a dissent or, or a debate for that matter. It's just, uh, we're just constantly, constantly at each other. And, and again, you know, maybe it is uh, higher education and, and uh, I, I don't know. I don't know where, why. Uh, obviously, there's, we, can, we know why we are connected like we are, but why the super sensitivity? And again, I'm for uh, standing up for what you believe and uh, protesting. Our country was built upon it, and I think we need a good, healthy, uh, a a good, healthy, a bit of that uh, for our country. Uh, The the one picture that I loved about a protester that I saw was this one right here. This one's this would be me. Uh, I like this. This is you know to me. Yeah, this. 
this fits for me. So if you want me to stand with a sign, and I, this wasn't photoshopped either, I don't think, but yeah, I'm a little upset. I saw another one that said, I do have concerns. <laughs> yeah, I can live with that. But uh, yeah, if you want to, you know, you're going to stir me up to enrage me to, no, I, you know, I'll, I'll meet you at uh, Starbucks afterwards. But yeah, I would, uh, I'd stand out uh, uh, there with that. But so here's the thing. You are going to face all kinds of offenses and things that are truly offensive. You're going to face them. You're going to see it. You're going to read it. You're going to, you're going to experience it. And it doesn't just have to be on social media. It could be at your workplace, your neighborhood, whatever group. It, it, they're going to be all around you, and especially in this day and time. And if you're not in control of your own spirit, Dear friend, uh, you're going to be, you know, like that uh, dog chasing its tail. I mean, you're constantly, your energy level is going to, it's going to drain you because the amount of things to be offended at are uh, just astronomical. And the ability to uh, read and to see and to all the information that we have available to us on whatever device it is that you're probably even looking at this morning. The, so the, the differences, the dissent, the debate, the arguments, it's all going to be out there. All of those ideas. What I, all I want to do with you this morning or all I want to get accomplished this morning is to empower you to control, for you to have control over your own response. For you to have control how you respond to whatever it is that you see in your world uh, that you happen to be offended by. Uh, the verse says this in Proverbs 25, 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. In ancient times, any city of any uh, size would have a wall built around it and it kept the bad guys out. Unless they set besiege you, then you had to have enough supplies inside to last. But before the age of aircraft, this was a tremendous defense for any of those uh, nations in and around those cities uh, back in the day and time when uh, nations were conquering nations and expanding and all of that. You wanted a wall. If you didn't have a wall, you were susceptible to anything, anybody and anything that wanted to come in. The verse here says that if uh, you have no rule over your own spirit, so that rule over your own spirit is like having those barriers up for you to be able to decide what comes in and what goes out. It may be offensive and you may need to be offended by it. But those two things should not, be, uh, should not be automatically connected to each other. Just because something is offensive doesn't mean you have to be offended by it. That's it. That's, that's, what I want to, that's what I want to send you away with. I want you to be in control. So something you see, read, experience, that's offensive, you say. Okay, so, so automatically I'm offended. You don't have to be. You get to choose. And if you don't choose, then you're giving the power to other people. And in this day and time when we are hyper-connected to each other, you're constantly going to be then offended if you don't see yourself as in control of what you're going to be offended by or at. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That word keep there means to manage or protect or to tend to. You be in control of the response. That is the uh, sort of the baseline for the definition in and of itself of responsibility. Or you say of someone, we want our children to grow up and we want them to be responsible people. What that means is we want them to have the ability to respond. 
I want you to have the ability to respond. I want your response to be your ability and not somebody else's to sort of tick you off or to trip you off or to trigger or to whatever the case is. I want it to be, you, you, you're offended, you see something that's offensive, you read something that's offensive, you experience something that's offensive, that's, that's fine, well, and good. It's just your choice. So now you decide whether you're going to be offended by that or not. I told the story uh, this morning of uh, just a couple, three months ago, uh, I went to a big and tall shop because that's where guys like me, not for the tall part, but that's where guys like me go and shop. This is the first time, I can't remember the last time I got a fitted jacket. And so I went to the big and tall shop and there was this uh, older uh, Asian uh, lady who was really sassy. And I think that's why we hit it off so well because... And I don't know if, if that's offensive, me saying she's sassy or just me identifying her as an Asian lady, but she identified as an Asian lady, so you know, hopefully uh, that's, that's, that's fine to say. But anyway, so I went in, start, struck up a conversation with her, and she said, hey, when's the last time you had a fitted coat? And I said, I don't remember the last time. She said, well, let's uh, fit, fit one for you. I said, that'd be great. She got her measuring tape, and again, she's very small, very dainty, about that tall, and she got the measuring tape, and she looked at me, and she wanted to run this number here, whatever this number was. And she looked at me and she stretched the tape and she stretched it further and she was trying to put it around me without touching me. And it got so comical because she went this way, that way, and she was breathing and sighing real hard. And so finally she went behind me and I saw her little hands come out like this. And I just thought, this ain't going to work, right? And so finally, then she just totally committed to it and grabbed me real tight. And her hands still wouldn't meet there in the middle. And I said, you want me to take it and tell you what it is? And she came back around and looked at me. She said, you big man. I said, I'm at a big and tall shop. Aren't you, aren't you, aren't you used to this? I didn't say that, but because I didn't respond and I just sort of chuckled, I think it sort of gave her permission to go further. Then she tapped, tapped me on the belly, tapped me on the belly and said, how much you weigh? I just... It just cracked me up, and I looked at her for a second, and I said, how old are you? <laughs> and then she smiled. She was sort of like, you know, she it was like, okay, yeah, I get you. And she said, I'm in my 70s. And I said, I'm in my 200s then, if that's, <laughs> if that's what we can say to each other, right? You're not supposed to ask somebody how much they weigh. Goodness. What in the world? Now, listen. Now, you say, let me ask you, is that offensive to ask somebody how much they weigh? If not, I'd like, I got a couple questions for you on your way out this morning. I'll meet you out there in the lobby. But you choose whether to be offended by it or not. I obviously wasn't. I, I actually went back to her later on. But I just, I don't know. I just like uh, sassy old Asian ladies, evidently. Or, or some, we, just, we just hit it off. Uh, and I just enjoyed being around her. But, uh, but here's, here's the deal. You get to choose. It is your choice. If you don't, if you don't take control, if you don't take responsibility, response able for your responses to the world around you, uh, dear friend, you, you're going to be in a uh, heap of trouble. And I'm in a heap of trouble now. If I can get that going, you click it for me. We froze. That's fine. So uh, here's the thing. The scripture says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. In other words, if you just follow what seems to be right, that leads to decay. 
The scripture even says that, that, that your heart is deceitful. That's an incredible verse because so many of us, we buy into so quickly, uh, well, I just got to follow my heart. It just, boy, it just really got to my heart. That's, and again, that may be, that may be true. That may be right. That, all of that. But you understand, your heart can even lead you astray if you're just following your heart. So all I'm saying to you is I want you to be in response. I want you to be able to say, yep, that was offensive, and, but I'm not going to be offended. Or yes, I am. There are some things that uh, you should be offended about. So here's the uh, sermon in a nutshell. There we go. Offended or not, you choose. But it is your choice. Offended or not. Are you going to be offended by this? Are you going to be offended by that? They said they did. They put that out there and I saw this. And boy, that is, it was highly offensive. It may be highly offensive, but you still have the choice whether you're going to be offended by it or not. It is your choice. And if you give that choice away, if it's just automatic, hey, that was offensive. Therefore, I can't help it. I've got to be offended friend, you're going to have a very, very tough life, especially in the world in which we live because we are so uh, definitely hyper uh, connected to each other. Two stories I want to share with you uh, real quick that's in the scripture and Jesus is the center of both of them. One that you're probably familiar with in Matthew 21 where he goes into the temple. Now, the temple was a religious building back in the day of the Jews and there were, you could, every Jew uh, within well, they just, you, you just had to go at least once a year and do, you couldn't do anywhere else what you could do in the temple. So the sacrifices and stuff that the Jewish people had to make, they had to go to the temple. Jesus goes in, I think uh, he probably did it twice, but at least we know this one time that he goes in early in his ministry. And I particularly think maybe uh, later on in his ministry uh, that he goes in and it was the first time we saw Jesus getting physical and violent. It's amazing. And, and he lived in a world just like today. I mean, there's all kinds of evil around. You had prostitution and thievery and murder. And I mean, all kinds of stuff that he could have gotten angry about. You know what he got to the point to where he puts together a whip and actually strikes people running them out of the temple? It was over this money changing thing. Now, here's the thing. It wasn't the fact that they were just selling stuff in there, but the, the, the uh, rulers of the temple were in control of the exchange rate, and they had a temple currency. In other words, you couldn't just go and spend your money. It would be like going somewhere and they say, hey, the dollar bill's not good here. You have to buy, you have to, you have to exchange your dollar for our currency, and then you get to spend it in the temple. And that's where they had everybody. They had you because everybody wanted, every, every good Jew wanted to go to the temple and do a sacrifice. And yet you have these uh, gatekeepers, so to speak, and they're saying, yeah, you can, but you have to exchange your currency in for temple currency. Well, then here's the thing. Who determines the exchange rate on that? Well, the guards or the temple guards got to determine the exchange rate on that. Well, you can imagine, and if you get to, if you are in power of, or if you get to determine the exchange rate on a particular currency, it's just whatever you say it is. And they were making a killing. 
I mean, they, it was filthy riches that they were making. And that's what Jesus got so angry about is because these religious leaders who were supposed to be looking out for the spirit and the well-being of its, uh, of its followers were coming into a temple and they were manipulating the currency to sow. And people's heart, they wanted to make a sacrifice. They wanted to thank God and praise God and all the things they were having to do. And yet they were being manipulated. By, and this is why Jesus did what he did. But now here's a uh, thing, friend. He didn't go in there and lose it. He didn't just go in there and snap and say, oh, my goodness, I, I, what's going on here? In other words, this wasn't a surprise to him. Jesus walks in there at the time he's 30. He'd been, he'd been going into the temple since he was 12. This exchange thing, this money-changing thing wasn't a new thing. He was quite familiar with the system and the process. He was quite familiar with the abuse. He just chose not to say or do anything about it until he kicked his public ministry off. And so when he walks in, I don't want you to think that he walked in and, was, and there was this offensive thing going on and he just couldn't help himself. I firmly believe Jesus was in complete control of himself. In fact is, probably when he was 28 and 29 or whatever the case was, he'd go into the temple and see this debauchery going on, seeing this manipulation going on, and probably thought in his mind, you just wait. Next year, next year, I'm going to make a public, I'm going to, I'm going to make a public scene here next year. So he didn't go in and snap and lose it and all that kind of stuff. There was an offensive thing going on and he was offended, but offended on purpose. Next story is uh, Jesus as well, but he meets this Canaanite woman. This Canaanite woman's not a Jew. Jesus said on several occasions that he came to minister to the lost sheep of Israel. Now, that's a description basically for the Jewish folk. Jesus came as the Jewish Messiah. He, you know, he, in God's uh, foreknowledge and wisdom and all of that, they understood that he was going to be rejected by them. But nonetheless, he comes, to, he comes to this world, and he was coming as the Jewish Messiah, but they rejected him. But nonetheless, Jesus set up his ministry to reach uh, the Jewish people primarily. And so he's on his way, and he, and he told his disciples on two or three occasions, we are here to go and preach to the lost sheep of Israel. This lady comes up to him. She's a Canaanite woman, the scripture says, which is a non-Jewish lady. And they had a very bad reputation in that day. They had uh, insults uh, thrown at them all the time. So they would have been on the lower rungs of, you know, any kind of a society class. This lady comes to Jesus. Now, under, get this comes to Jesus, she has a a daughter that is demon sick possessed. She comes to Jesus and asks Jesus to heal her daughter. Your Jesus, my Jesus, Jesus full of love, Jesus full of compassion, Jesus full of grace says to this woman, it is not right that we take the bread and cast it to dogs, our bread and cast it to dogs. Now what in the world? Our bread, meaning this manna that I'm handing out, this bread of life that I'm out here preaching to the lost sheep of Israel, Jesus said, that is not right that our bread goes to the dogs. Now, a dog was an insult, and it was very common insult, and it was the insult given to the Canaanite people. She was, this, this wasn't the first time she heard this. She was very familiar with this insult, and Jesus used that terminology. He did. You say, why in the world would he do that? You'll have to take that up with him when you get to heaven. 
But he did. He was teaching, hopefully teaching her a lesson, but I don't think it was about her. I think he knew, the scripture says, he knows the intents and thoughts of our hearts. So he knew how she would react to it, but it was a teaching uh, moment for everybody around. And when Jesus said this offensive uh, thing to her, she said, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs should be able to eat the crumbs from the master's table. And Jesus said, your, your faith is great. Be it unto you as you have asked. And her daughter was healed from that moment on. It's incredible. She wasn't. Jesus said something that was traditionally offensive. But that lady was not offended. You know why she wasn't offended? Because she had a sick daughter in the balance. There was something bigger in her life than personal insult. And if you're ever in a moment to where you have a sick child in the balance, you'll put up with anything. You have a sick child in the balance and you'll listen, you'll, you'll, it, it doesn't, you know, personal offense, hey, sticks and stones, man, that's, you know, I got a sick child here and I need help for her. I've had her everywhere and I know you're a miracle man. And I'm, you know, you can say what you will to me. So she had something bigger in her life that was more important in her life than her own personal, uh, personal feelings. Jesus said it. She responded. And because of that, her daughter was healed. Which gives us an insight to how we, what, what shall we be offended by then? And what shall we not uh, be offended by then? A good rule of thumb is this idea of finding and focus and follow That was supposed to be all three different slides, but we put it all together here for one. Something bigger than yourself. You know what was said to Jesus while he was here personally? They mocked his upbringing. They mocked his parents. They mocked the whole story about him being virgin born. And I mean, everywhere he went, you know, oh, he's a Nazarite. He's just a carpenter. And I mean, they, good night. They, the religious leaders even said that he was full of the devil, filled with the devil or demons. I mean, he had all kinds of personal insults hurled at him, none of which offended him. They were offensive, but they didn't offend him. What got him was that manipulation going on in the temple. It was something bigger than just his personal interests or his personal feelings. With the Canaanite woman, it wasn't the fact, it wasn't personal interest. It was, I've got a daughter and she needs help. And so, you know, if, 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 you, if, if the insults put me in your presence to get help for my daughter, then so be it. Friend, this is the answer for all of us concerning this idea of being able to guard against just automatically responding by offense. Find something. Bigger, find something, focus and follow after something bigger than just you. If it's bigger than you, you'll find yourself not being so easily offended when you see offenses out there because offenses are definitely and surely going to come. So, well, what's, you know, bigger? What's some big church? The, the, uh, the New Testament church. It's the, it's the, it's the only hope uh, for, for anyone, for anything, for civilization, for life. I mean, the, what, what this church can do, this local church can do is huge for our community. The difference it can make, the true life change that can happen because of this church and its ministries. And so if you're looking for something to get involved with, and you're looking for something to put your life into, I'd suggest take a look at church. 
Put your life into it. We got folks all over America going to churches this morning, and they bring all kinds of burdens into those buildings. Family and children and just all kinds of burdens that they come in with. And so the church has this tremendous and beautiful and wonderful opportunity to meet the needs of hurting people. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that is something big to get a hold of. And you get a hold of something big like that and start following and investing your life into that, all of a sudden you'll discover how little the personal offenses uh, actually offend you. Put your mind on something bigger. The references say this in, in Romans, Paul writing to the folks there at Rome. He says, for those who live according to the flesh, and living according to the flesh is not just, you know, sexual immorality. Flesh is the natural thing, the, that which is natural. So for those living according to the, let's just say the natural, uh, they set their minds on the things of the natural, of the flesh. Personal interests, so to speak. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. That's not just six feet under. But death here, we're talking about decay. We're talking about demise. We're talking about the absence of life, the absence of abundance, the absence of flourishing. Those who set their mind on the things of the flesh, that leads to death, decay, absence of flourishing. But to set your mind on the spirit, look at this, is life and peace. I don't know of another day in American uh, history where we need peace, peace among us. Now, peace doesn't mean the absence of offense. The offenses are going to be there. You're not going to get away from them, especially in this day and time. They're going to be all around you, but you can have peace. It can still be offensive. And you can still have peace because you get to choose what you're going to be offended by. I love this passage. This would be one to mark, maybe write it down on a card or send yourself a text to send this text to you from time to time. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind, where's your mind hang out? Whose mind is stayed on thee. I love that. You're going to walk through a very offensive world around us. There are some things that we should be offended by, and there are some things that should cause, uh, uh, call us to action. All I'm saying is you stay in control of that power. Don't give that away to somebody else just because they said, did, print, posted, whatever the case was, offensive material. You choose what to be offended by. The... Um, Postscript is need to leave you with this because we're not. I, I don't want you to think. Well, this is then some sort of license, right? You know, for me to be the offender. Then Luke seventeen one. You want to take a look at that uh, verse. Sometimes Jesus said, "It is impossible, but that offenses shall come." He tells his disciples, "There will be offenses all around." He said, "But woe or warning to those who are the offender." So just because people are responsible for being offended doesn't give us a free pass for being the offensive ones. We should still be careful of that. So whether you're the offended or the offensive, just put your mind on the things of the Spirit. Get a hold of something big to give you life to, to invest your time and talent and treasure in. 
have something that you're looking toward and, uh, and expecting, uh, something that we're doing. Hey, we've got this going on at the church, or I've got this ministry, or we're, we're looking to, you know, here's a cause. And it, it doesn't have to be within these uh, four walls, but here's a cause, and here's, you know, whatever the case is. And it's, you know, whether it's uh, people's hurting and challenges or whatever cause you find out there, find something, get a hold of something just bigger than just your own personal interests. Now realize... We have, to be per- we have to be interested in ourselves personally. We've got to look out for ourselves. I'm not talking about letting anybody run over us or being calloused. I'm just saying when you run across the offense, you being, have enough uh, spiritual, emotional strength to decide, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that one in. Or... Yeah, I'm not just going to keep that there. But but didn't you? But they said I I understand what they said. And wasn't that offensive? Yeah, it was. I'm just I got something bigger going on. I got uh, we got somebody that needs help. We got a, a ministry that needs uh, that needs a, a person that that's involved with it. It's got some peace in their heart, got some stability, got some emotional uh, stability uh, in their mind. We live in a. Uh, the, the, uh, it's gone so fast, the, the amount of information, the access you and I have to it, the amount of it, the, uh, the instantaneous ability to put it out there or to take it in, it's gone so fast. I don't know that we've even, I don't even know if our institutions and our, in our sort of, uh, civilization structure has been able to catch up with it. We're all over each other. Uh, just if you don't uh, step back, take a look, determine I'm going to be, I'm going to decide what I'm offended at just because it's offensive, not automatic. I'm going to find something bigger than me and my own personal interest. And those are the things I'm going to throw my energy in behind. I believe you'll be a happier and more fulfilled a follower of Jesus. I hope it's a help to you. Let's pray together. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've got a hurting world, and oftentimes the hurt or the offenses come simply because folks are hurting. They don't know the answers themselves, and because they don't know the answers themselves, they say and do things, and And a lot of times the offense comes from that. We who are followers of Jesus Christ, we're supposed to have an answer. The scripture even says for us to be able to give an answer for any of those who ask of us of the hope that is within us. It's hard to be hope-filled when you're offended a lot. It's hard not to look inward Uh, Or it's hard to look outward uh, when we're so inward focused. Here's a simple prayer. As I pray, I'd encourage you to consider a prayer like this. Lord, just help me to have self-control. It's the ninth fruit of the Spirit. Help me to have self-control over my own spirit. Help me to be able to give me the power to decide what comes over the wall. And Lord, lead my heart 
to something bigger than myself. And I might be able to put my life into it. Would you pray that, Father? I pray for these dear folk this morning. Uh, We live in a a unique time. Uh, We can use this ability to broadcast and put a word out. We could use this for so much good. Uh, Lord, we could use this ability to reach a billion people uh, with our thoughts and our words. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to take advantage of it for your kingdom and that it might be an, an advantage to the kingdom of heaven. And Lord, not just to be on the other end of it, simply responding uh, to offensive things that we see around us. Help us, strengthen us, and give us your grace. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you.